My name's Jason Gilmore. Um, I grew up in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I'm the oldest of five boys. And My name is Joe Estes. I've been coming to Warehouse for over 10 years now. My name is Drew Chin. And I've been coming to Warehouse for a little over a year. My name is Jill Rokas. I am from Michigan. I'm an art teacher. My name is Joel Kewen. Uh, I'm married to Aaron, and I have a great newborn daughter named Salem. Um, my name is Jill Garman, and I was born and raised here in Charlotte. My name is Callie Acuff, and this is my husband Joshua Acuff, or just Josh. I she speaks for both of us. My name is Sarah Love. Um, I'm 18 years old and a senior in high school. I'm Amy Dickman, and this is how I grow. I didn't meet God in the church. I met him by a ping pong table, then in a cafeteria, and then in the back of my car on a misspent Friday night, then at my brother's house, and then in my grandmother's trailer. Why? Because he came where I was. One of the things that I love about reading the Gospels is watching how Jesus dealt with people and how he went onto their ground where they were, met them in the midst of their issues on their home turf and spoke to them. There's a passage in one of the uh, four Gospels, one of the four accounts of Jesus' life in the Gospel of John in the fourth chapter, and it's a simple story. And it appears to just be a stopover moment. Jesus and his disciples were traveling and they were uh, going different places and on the way somewhere else, and it's actually how it's phrased, as they were on the way, they stopped because they were hungry and tired in Samaria. And Samaria was the bad part of town, so to speak. And so the disciples had no intention of doing anything there. And so they left Jesus by the side of a well and they went off to get food. As They did that, a Samaritan woman came to the well. Now, to understand what happened, you have to know that, number one, Jews didn't like Samaritans. Seriously, there was bad blood. It was worse than Louisville, uh, Kentucky. You know, there's bad blood between the two. Plus, you know, I'm just telling you the way it was. I'm just telling you historically, no right, no wrong, men didn't talk to women, particularly not strange women, particularly not strange Samaritan women. And as she walks up there, and my guess is studiously avoided his gaze, because after all, he's kind of a rabbi. He engaged her. And he begins to speak with her, and she is caught off guard. She's just going to get water. The disciples are just going to get some food. Jesus steps onto her ground in her life and speaks to her exactly where she is. He talks to her about her troubles, about her questions. And at the end, she meets God. The vision of Warehouse has always been to be a place, a church, where people meet God. Where we walk onto their turf. Yeah, it's a church, they got to walk in, that's hard enough. But we attempt every Sunday to walk onto other people's turf. That's just a bad ringtone, too, seriously. <laughs> gotta, seriously, gotta step it up. 
and we never draw attention to people and embarrass them. <laughs> Unless they're hopelessly out of touch. Anyway, the vision of Warehouse has always been to be different, not to understand this, not to, not to push boundaries, not to, not to uh, take people off by the music we play and the things we show. And it's always been to have somebody walk in here and find what they didn't expect, that it appears to be almost their home turf or close enough. In the a video you're going to watch in a few moments, you're going to hear uh, Paolo Mateus talk about hearing arcade fire here. This is still the only church where I've heard Creep played or Lady Gaga. And we didn't do it to make people mad. We did it because we think God meets people on their, com- their home turf. He establishes common ground with them. You want to know that? You look at the life of Jesus. He always walked onto people's turf. Listened to their questions, understood their issues. They were having parties. He went. There was heavy drinking. He was there. He always walked onto their turf. Why? Why did he do it? Because he wanted people to meet God. Why do you care about that? Because in meeting God, people's soul comes alive. The heart of women and men were made to know God. They were made to be connected. That is the deepest wiring we have. And apart from that, we will not experience the life we were made for. We will always sense that something's off. And so, the mission of warehouse, the vision of warehouse, and honestly what it means to be the overused phrase in missional church is to be a place where we walk on other people's turf. We lay down our priorities and our preferences. We walk on other people's church. Why? Because we want them to meet God in an unexpected way. Like I did at a, next to a ping pong table and in the back of a car and in a trailer in Murfreesboro, Arkansas. There are not more unlikely places it would appear to meet God, but that's where I was. It's a lot of churches in Charlotte. A lot. The one thing I've always loved about Warehouse with all its flaws and all its foibles is we really want people to meet God here on their turf. That's this mission. It's a mission worth, in my view, owning and living out. Because here, our hope and what we see time after time is people meet God and they didn't expect to because we walked onto their turf like Jesus did. And so today, in this celebration service, where the whole community gathers, you're about to hear two stories. And they are two stories of people who walked into Warehouse, and in different ways and in different backgrounds, they met Jesus. They entered a relationship with God. These are their stories. It's, it's pretty amazing and outstanding what Christ can do in people's lives. Um, I know many people come to Christ and there isn't a, a tremendous transformative thing that happens. They were pretty decent people before or, you know, upstanding citizens as some might call them. Um, but then there are people that really, you know, came from, from broken places and 
they're just completely lost and blind, and that's that's where I was. I mean, I I'd been taught so much, you know, and like I said before, I was essentially raised in a Christian home, and I departed from it so much to the point where I even started questioning my faith altogether. I was raised to want to be involved in the church and go on mission trips, and that was my um, hope and dream to do that um, in the medical field. And somewhere along the way in my 20s, I just, I think I got distracted from what was truly important in life. And um, working as a pharmaceutical sales rep, I was, um, you know, making good money. And I feel like I definitely was distracted by material things and, and basically identified myself with um, my career and having a nice car and um, owning a house and all these things that once when they're taken away from you, you realize, you know, who are you really without those things? And so from transitioning from that to um, having nothing, it just makes you look inside yourself and figure out, you know, who am I really without all this? And um, that's where um, my relationship, true relationship with God kind of began on a different level that I've never experienced before. I've always heard that many times it's, it's easy or people don't really start to look up until they're completely flat on, flat on their face. And that's where I was. I mean, I was just I was at the end of my rope. I couldn't go down any further. And it just got to a point where I just had to completely surrender and let go of everything that I had, that I felt that I had control over. I remember they kept asking me, they're like, why don't you come to church with us sometime? I was like, Ugh, I don't know, you know, like, finally one day I was just like, all right, guys, I know you're not going to leave me alone, so I'll go ahead and go to church with you. And it was Warehouse. And so I remember I came that Sunday and I, I think there was a guy playing the band with a full sleeve and, you know, people with piercings. And it was a very eclectic kind of community, and I definitely felt like, okay, I could be a part of this. And uh, I remembered the, one of the opening songs that they played was an Arcade Fire song, and I was just like, that's it, I'm sold, I'm here. So um, part of that creative uh, environment is, I think, is what the Lord also used to draw me in because he knows that that's a, a part of my heart that that resonates deep within my identity. Before, you know, as long as I went to church um, on Sunday and, you know, that was, that was basically it. Uh, I think for me, uh, because I'd grown up in an environment where rules had been put so much emphasis on, I started losing sight of what relationship really looked like and really meant to me. Um, I uh, started making a tremendous amount of unwise decisions um, and just was kind of out of touch and um, a little turned off by the idea of church. Um, so I just, I kind of started doing my own thing. Um, you know, it was very, a very self-centered lifestyle. Um, I felt like I was in control of my destiny and um, ultimately that, that led me kind of to the place of, of brokenness and um, healing that I, I needed to kind of recover from. Um, 
my new understanding with God is that it's it's not once a week. It's every second, every day, every minute of my life. And just knowing that um, I'm his daughter and and I'm important to him and he made me and planned everything the way it was supposed to happen for a reason. and. It was easy for me to kind of have that mentality where, like, I just need to control every situation, and, and I was the one that was going to have the last say in things and whatnot. But I realized the more I try to control and manipulate situations in my life, relationships, um, you know, God's plan for my life, I would end up screwing it up more. Um, and so I just got to a point where it, it was a matter of me being down on my face completely and on my knees and just crying out to the Lord and saying, God, I, I can't do this anymore. Like just surrendering completely. And I just realized how important it was for me to make that decision as an adult and more so to reaffirm my relationship with God and also um, kind of restart what a true relationship with God actually is. Um, because what I thought before um, was very superficial, um, just on the surface, and and after coming to Warehouse and, and surrounding myself with people that um, just had a, a deep relationship with God and learning from them, um, I realized that I wanted more and I needed to, to grow more. Um, my name is Brooke Garrett and I'm getting baptized because I'm ready to um, start a new journey with God. My name is Paola Mateus and I'm getting baptized today because um, because I want I want the world to see, especially the warehouse community and my friends and family to see that I'm not the same person I was before and God promises in his word that he makes all things new. When we baptize people at Warehouse, we do so as an outward expression of something that happens uh, inwardly. It's, it's one of the things that, I guess it's because of our uh, weaknesses, that God appears to like us to grasp things in a way that we can hang on to. You know, being ADHD, that's particularly important to me, but things seem to disappear, and then there's moments you can grasp. Do you know what I mean? It's like a lot of times in life, things just... They flip by, but then there's moments. And there's moments that you go, if I, can just, if I can just hang on to this moment, it will be powerful for my life because it will remind me of something that's critical. So Jesus, I think, understands that about us, so he gives us certain rituals, you know, concrete practices intended to cement moments in our life. Baptism is one of those. I promise that Paula and Brooke will not forget today. I mean, that's kind of an amazing thing, really. They'll not forget today. Think of how many days you've forgotten. They won't forget this one. Because in just a moment, they will come up on stage in front of hundreds of people, and they will kneel down, signifying the fact that Jesus Christ loves them, died for them, forgave them, resides within them, and now they simply want to live life alongside of him. And then I will pour a stunning amount of water on their head. 
and they will rise up and that water will cling to them, which in the Bible symbolizes life. So much life poured on that it drenches them. And then this community will gather around them and pray for them, and they will walk off stage and they will never forget today. And it will remind them that their life is found in the unlimited love of a Savior who sought them where they were and brought them to themselves because he loves them. Paolo, come on up on stage. This is Paolo Mateus. I could tell you about the ways that she's involved at Warehouse, but it doesn't matter because that's not why I'm baptizing her. I'm baptizing her because of her story and because of what God's done in your life. And so, Paolo, I'm just going to ask you one question. Do you come here today of your free will, believing that the God of the universe sees you, loves you, and sent his son to die for you? Yes. Do you, the community at Warehouse, as you look at Paolo, do you promise to walk alongside her, to do your best to show her the love of Christ so that she will grow into the full and complete woman of God she was always made to be? Do you? Yes. Where's Laura? There you are, Laura. <coughs> Laura, come on, why don't you come up? And uh, Paolo, go ahead and kneel there. Laura has been walking alongside Paolo over the last couple of months, in preparation for this day, and she's also one of our elders, and so. Thanks, Laura. Paolo Mateus, child of God, made by God and loved by him from all eternity in space and time brought to this moment because he sought you and redeemed you by the love of Jesus for you. Because he loves you and because you now desire to walk with him, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right, now we're going to pray for Paula. And so anybody who would like to, your elders, friends, anybody would like to, why don't you come on up on stage? We're going to lay hands on her and we're going to pray for her. The God of the universe made you, crafted you in his very image. And even in moments when you were far away, he saw you and he sought you. Because of his incredible love for you, he sent his son Jesus to die for you, to forgive you. Because of his persistent following of you, he allowed you one day to understand that that death was for you. And you received it. And so now you stand before him, forgiven, completely forgiven. Nothing can ever keep you from this day or any day forward from the presence of God. You will spend all eternity with him. And because he loves you, each day he will be crafting your soul and shaping it 
to be that ideal image of God, the woman of God he made from the start. We pray for the power of the Spirit to be in you. We pray for this moment to be sealed in your heart, that you will always know when you forget other things that he is your God, your Savior, the one who loves you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And this is Brooke Garrett. And again, I can talk about the way she's involved in Warehouse, but it doesn't matter. I baptized Brooke today because of her story, because of what God has done in your life, because he sought you and brought you to himself. And so, Brooke, I'm asking you one question. Same question. No tricks here. Brooke, do you believe that the God of the universe loves you, made you for himself, and even in your most wayward moments, he sought you? because he always desired you to be his child. Do you now believe that Jesus forgave you and has given you life with him? You, the community warehouse, as you look upon Brooke, will you promise to walk beside her to be the hands and feet of Jesus, loving her, caring for her, for seeing the best, for helping her to grow and become everything God made her to be? Do you? And this is Nicole Walker. And similarly, Nicole has been walking alongside Brooke preparing for this day. And Nicole is uh, one of the staff people at Warehouse. Brooke Garrett, you are a beloved child of God. He created with a beauty that is stunning. He made your heart with holiness, with truth, and with love. He made you for himself. And so he sent his son Jesus to die for you. To forgive all the broken parts. And to begin the process of you walking with him now and every day. Because you've received that gift, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Why didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> now, if, uh, again, anybody who would like to, friends, uh, leaders, anybody, please come up and let's pray for Brooke. Yeah. Let's go ahead and slide that off. God sees you. He always has. He always will. He's the one who will walk beside you. We are thankful for you. We're thankful for that moment in time when you turned to him and received him. We're thankful for the heart that he made within you. 
And now we pray for you. I pray, Father, I pray that you would pour out your spirit upon Brooke, that she would sense your presence even this day, in this moment, stronger than she ever has, and it would seal her heart with the knowledge that you, her God, will never leave her, will never forsake you, will always be her friend, her lover, her companion, her savior. Would you give her strength? Would you renew her day by day? Would you give her impact through her days? And we pray for us, the community warehouse, as we walk beside Brooke and Paola both. Would you give us courage to bring beauty and hope into their lives? And now I set Brooke apart to you, thankful for your love, thankful for what you're doing in her, and praying this in the name of our Savior, Jesus. Amen. And, uh, you know, people being baptized is never for another reason than for what it is. It's never an advertisement for something else, and yet it sure functions that way. And so today perhaps you're sitting out in the audience and you think, I, I want to, it really is a God that loves me that much. I, I would love to know that and experience that and make my way forward also to have that moment of sealing my heart with a relationship with God. If that's where you are today, there's a card somewhere nearby you, and you can just jot your name and any information you want, and then we'll get a hold of you. And now we're going to receive our offering, and we do this as a way in our service before this time of response, as a way to articulate for us in a concrete way a deeply held spiritual concept, which is that it is God who pursues us, who comes after us, and as he makes us alive, he makes us able to give away our lives and uh, even our treasure to the world around us. Now my stumbles on things I don't know.